Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of March 24th, 2020, and episode number 430. And this is your host, Dr. Brian D. Parsons, and we are live on the Paranormal News Insider right here on the Paranormal King Radio Network at ParanormalKing.com. And uh, yeah, I found out today, Ohio, we now have 564 confirmed cases of COVID-19. So, yeah, we've got more than most countries do, which is exciting. Uh, not really, but uh, we're on lockdown for essential businesses are open only. Gas stations and grocery stores, uh, liquor stores, of course. You can't live without liquor. And uh, yeah, a few other businesses are open, banks and things like that. You got to have money. You got to get gas. You got to get groceries. Things like that, but uh, a lot of businesses are closed. People are are at home. Uh, a lot of people are working from home, but a lot of people are at home not working, which is not good. Uh, but uh, you know, and it's funny too. You you have a lot of people on one side of, hey, we're overreacting, and you have a lot of people on the other side like, I don't want to get sick. I'm I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. I definitely don't want to get sick from this, and uh, yet at the same time, I am worried about the economy and and everything that's going on. But I. I think the ship has sailed. I think uh, I don't think we're going to ever contain this. I think it's just about mitigation at this point. But uh, I don't know. But uh, we'll talk a little bit about how the uh, COVID nineteen has hurt the paranormal. We did uh, last week, and we we kind of started to see it a couple of weeks ago, kind of infiltrating the paranormal. But I uh, have an update tonight on paranormal conferences and conventions that have been affected by all of this. I will talk about a Colorado Bigfoot story that is just downright scary, but not for the reasons you might think. And uh, we'll have one on the the wheel in the sky is is turning. Yes, NASA uh, will explain a UFO sighting via stereo. UFO by NASA explained by stereo. Weird stuff. I know it doesn't make sense now, but it will. In a little bit. We'll also talk about some parapsychology courses you can take if you're stuck at home. I'll also talk about how you can keep an eye out for the paranormal if you're stuck at home. And I'll talk about some TV shows that you can listen to if you're stuck at home. And um, yeah, what else? Uh, a few other things. We'll, we'll get into it here. Uh, we'll jump in. But uh, first, we, we got a question here in the chat room. Aren't they all canceled, uh, probably talking about television shows. So, uh, unfortunately, um, there's a lot of movies that are getting pushed because of movie theaters. A lot of movie theaters are closed in much of the country. I don't know. I'm just here in Ohio. I know ours have been shut down for a couple of weeks now. And so that's kind of moved some movies out. Some stuff is streaming early on uh, – different streaming providers for now until they all blow up. Yeah, you know, if the internet goes under. So if we end up, everybody's at home streaming all these movies and things, high definition, the internet collapses, that's when you're going to see uh, cars turned over, buildings on fire. Um, that's when the stuff's going to get serious, is if our internet collapses. But yeah, TV shows... A lot of them are kind of in the air because uh, the way the way TV shows work is they're filming, they wrap up episodes, and you see them on TV basically a couple of months later. And sometimes, in some cases, a couple of weeks later. And I'll, I'll admit, uh, I've never been a fan of the show Supernatural. Uh, but I got into it, uh, I think about two years ago, I started watching old episodes on Netflix. And I'll tell you, there's some goldmine uh, episodes on there that are really hilarious. And I love the show now because it's so outlandish that there's no way you could really take it seriously. And it's, you know, it's, it's a nice TV show for entertainment purposes. I don't take it seriously uh, like I do some of these shows that try to uh, 
look like they're actually investigating ghosts when they're really not. But so I don't think it, I, I think it's complete, completely out there, but it's a very entertaining show for what it's worth and really got into it. And I'm in the, uh, I don't know how many seasons I've watched 13th, 14th season. It's, it's the season before the one that's on now and really getting into it. Unfortunately, I was hoping to get wrapped up with the old seasons just before the new one started, uh, but I didn't quite make it. Now, I find out that the last two episodes haven't even been filmed. They may, may not even be filmed. The whole thing is like up in the air right now. And that's the case with a lot of TV shows. Uh, some movies that uh, didn't get done that are just sitting there all over the world that are delayed because of COVID-19 that uh, may or may not ever get finished. And we haven't seen too much of it yet, but it's coming. It's coming. And I made uh, the comment uh, before about a lot of our import merchandise. We've not seen that turned down too far yet, but that's coming. We don't hear anybody talking about that, but you did hear. Yeah, anyway, it's, it's a mess. And it's a mess in the paranormal uh, as well. Uh, you hear me every week talking about paranormal conferences, conventions. I know some people don't like it, but you know what? It's my show. I know that's crazy to say, but yeah, uh, I think it's it's a good thing to to talk about these conferences, conventions because it's part of our culture. It's what we do. It's it's how we connect with those that are out doing these things and those who have a curiosity that would like to do it. Maybe don't have the time. Maybe don't really want to do things. It's it's the connection between the general public and those that are out in the trenches. So uh, to me, it's a, it's a very valuable thing. And uh, even that is is kind of under under some uh, some issues here with this whole COVID nineteen thing. So last week I did talk about uh, a lot of conferences and conventions that are impacted because of uh, lockdowns, state lockdowns, uh, the uh, federal mandate of not allowing groups of people to gather together. Uh, some states are even worse. Uh, here in Ohio, we can't have more than ten people in a room which is probably good in some regards, but uh, and scary times, scary stuff, but you just follow the rules, man. Just just do it. Do what you need to do to stop this stuff because it's just craziness, zaniness. I know, again, I, I know everybody is has their own thought process behind everything that's going on. Some people think that, that we're going way too overboard, and you know, I've heard all, a whole bunch of arguments. A lot of them don't make sense, by the way. Like the whole flu argument doesn't make sense doesn't make sense I'll, I'll talk about that another day but um yeah this coronavirus thing has evolved a lot you know week to week even day to day i mean here in ohio we're seeing cases piling up and piling up and we're never thought we'd be over 500 and in, in just you know so quickly i mean it, it just it just skyrocketed from uh we had three for a couple of days um, just back in early March, so March 9th, we had three. And uh, then it went to four, five, 13, 26, 37, 50, 67, up to 90. And then we had 119, 169, 247, 351, 442, and now 564. Only eight deaths so far, but uh, anybody dying from anything is not a good thing. And uh, a lot of people are finding out that... Uh, Maybe we should heed some advice because this is not a fun thing to go through if you do get this. It's, it's, not, uh, it's not the flu. This is a respiratory thing. It, it makes, your, makes you feel like you're, you have insulation in your lungs. It's not a fun thing to try to breathe through. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, we've mentioned this the last couple of weeks and it's, uh, it wasn't really having a big effect on the paranormal. But uh, as we know, the last couple of weeks, that's really changed, uh, along with pretty much, uh, again, here in Ohio, short of shopping, eating, well, even eating is closed down now unless you go through drive throughs uh, Some states or some countries actually are closing down restaurants completely. We haven't hit that yet, uh, but we, we might pretty soon. Uh, so, yeah, last week I talked about all of the events in March and a lot of in April that were being changed. Uh, some are either canceled, postponed with no date announced as of yet or rescheduled to later in the year. 
Um, so I had uh, Bigfoot Days, which was t- to take place April 17th and 18th in Estes Park, Colorado. That one's canceled. Also, the Suicide Awareness event at Ashmore States in Ashmore, Illinois, was to take place April 17th through the 19th. That event has also been officially canceled. Uh, some updates. Phenomenology 2020 has announced their late March event has been postponed, not canceled. Um, not Didn't have a chance to look today. Uh, the last time I checked, they did not have a makeup date announced, but I'm sure it'll be all over Facebook if it is. Uh, the Oregon Ghost Conference scheduled for March 27th through the 29th in Seaside, Oregon, has been canceled due to state government mandates of groups gathering. The same is true for the New England Parafest 2020. That was to take place April 4th through the 5th in Kittery, Maine. The Southwest Florida Paranormal and UFO Convention on March 28th in Fort Myers, Florida. Uh, I remember uh, last week... I thought it was crazy. They were still talking about this event taking place. Uh, but a few days ago, they rescheduled the event to August 1st. The Haunted Savannah Conference set to take place April 17th and 18th has been postponed and will hopefully have a makeup date later in the fall. Uh, we're also seeing ghost events as far as May being rescheduled. The Virginia City Paracon, which was set to take place May 1st through the 3rd in Virginia City, Nevada, has been rescheduled for August 14th through the 16th. The Midwest Parafest 3 is uh, taking place, was taking place April 25th in Toledo, Ohio. Uh, They're working on rescheduling. Uh, Again, another one I forgot to look up, but uh, a few days ago I didn't see any changes The Bayou City Paranormal Symposium for April 25th and 26th in Pasadena, Texas. Well, that one's been canceled. The uh, Strasburg Historical Paravation is set for April 25th, 26th in Strasburg, Virginia. Canceled. Parasicon that was set to take place May 2nd and 3rd in Mansfield, Ohio, has been rescheduled all the way to next year. It's going to be on May 22nd through uh, May 23rd of 2021. The New Jersey Para-Unity Expo has been postponed until September 19th of this year. The Edinburgh UFO Festival has been rescheduled uh, due to COVID-19 concerns. Instead of taking place in early April, it's been moved to August 13th through the 15th. The Ozark Mountain UFO Conference has been rescheduled to July 24th through the 26th in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. The MUFON cruise uh, set to take place April 19th through the 26th aboard Royal Caribbean's Harmony of the Seas. Uh, the last I checked on that one sold out for the event, uh, but you could still get tickets, or I should say you could still get, uh, um, you could still get on the ship, basically, but it can't take place with the event. Not that I would want to be taking a cruise right now. Um, so far, the last I checked, that is not canceled, but it's got to be getting close to them canceling cruises through through April as well. Wouldn't be surprised. Um, Royal Caribbean did have a 48-hour cancellation clause until the end of June. So if you are on a cruise and you decide, you know what, I don't want to chance it. I'd rather enjoy my vacation than have to worry about getting sick. Uh, you can cancel within 48 hours of setting sail. And I love cruising, but I, I tell you, I would definitely not do it right now. Uh, I love cruising. I went on a cruise pretty much. Uh, would would have been getting back this time last year. I wouldn't do it right now at all. Uh, if you do, uh, again, if you decide to cancel a cruise through Royal Caribbean, through the end of June, you can do so and be offered a full credit that is good until the end of 2021. Uh, the Nebraska Bigfoot Conference postponed. That was to take place April 17th and 18th. Uh, so far, no makeup date has been announced that I'm aware of. And uh, a lot of things for me to check on. So somebody said, yeah, I don't have to update my website. Well, yeah, I do. I'm trying to keep track of all the stuff that's getting postponed or delayed or rescheduled or canceled it's it's a headache 
a headache. But uh, I don't want to have bad information on the site. I could, you know, part of me just said the other day, like, you know, I should just take the whole darn thing off. But trying to keep up with it, um, it's just pretty scary to see that. Everything crossed out and changed and and everything. Um, events. Uh, so events in April are pretty much all in standby mode right now. A lot of them have been canceled. Many of them have been canceled, but the the handful that remain, uh, I would say they're more more than likely going to be canceled, if not postponed, until later in the year. Um, again, like I said last week, nobody really knows when life will go back to normal. Uh, things seemingly changing by the hour at times. It's kind of weird. It's kind of slowed down here, and I think people are starting to get numb about the whole thing. And uh, it seems like a lot of people out shopping don't really seem to care. Uh, so I'm not I'm not in lockdown. I actually work in retail, so I'm out in I'm out in the trenches. I'm going to work every day. My life is pretty much normal for the most part, except for the whole panic of getting COVID nineteen. I r- really don't want to go through that uh, at all. Want nothing to do with it. Hopefully. Hopefully everything goes well. We'll see. But uh, not sure when things are going to go back to normal. I'd say April's pretty much scrapped at this point, uh, especially here in Ohio. don't know about the rest of the world. I know there's talk of uh, lifting everything by Easter, which is, uh, what is that, April 12th? I don't know about that. That's, that's awful close. Uh, I don't think we can promise anything that far out in advance. It's only a couple of weeks, but, I mean, this stuff is, is still... It's still growing. A lot of people are are still getting this, and it's still spreading. So I think we have to be we have to be careful about this. And um, yeah, we need we need a vaccine. It's going to take time. Unfortunately, these things take time, and that's the problem here. You know, everyone's like, "Oh, the flu kills millions of people." That's exactly what they sound like too. The flu kills millions of people, um, but this has only killed a few thousand people. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, but it's a much, much higher mortality rate, and there's no way to stop it. The flu, um, now if you're complaining about this and you're complaining about the flu kills more people and you didn't get your flu shot, shut up. Sit down and uh, quit complaining because you're you're not helping. Um, yeah, we have a flu shot. Does that work? No, but it sure does cut down on the number of people that are dying from it. And yeah, a lot of people die from it. So imagine... Now we have another corona-type virus. It's a respiratory illness that uh, is loose, that is much worse than the flu, kills a lot more people than the flu, and uh, worse, way worse symptoms than the flu. This isn't like sniffles and uh, green snot and a little headache and a fever. This is, um, this is difficulty breathing. This is a lot more issues that... Uh, I mean, read about it. It's not good. And now we have to now we have to combat this every year on top of flu shots. Thanks, America, for uh, you know ignoring this and letting this grow. You know, now we're number three in the world of numbers of cases. And you know, heaven's sakes for for Italy, unfortunately, having my gosh, I was doing the numbers today. They're almost at I think it was ten uh, percent mortality rate. That's that's awful high. That's Ebola high. That's that's scary. Uh, have an older population, and that's just not working out in their favor right now. Um, but you know they're doing the right thing right now. They're they're all locked down. They're sitting in their their little buildings and things, and trying to keep away from each other. And they're trying to have fun, trying to stay safe at the same time. So it's it's rough. They're doing their part, but hopefully we do our part. We can get this over with. We can go back to normal, but we have to play by the rules to get there. Can't just want to. I uh, just want to move on with my life and be normal. Well, things happen, you know. We're especially here in the United States. Uh, you know, I think we're we're too used to having to be able to do whatever we want whenever we want. You know, people are mad because stores are closed at night. My goodness, what does the world come to? It's it's crazy. Um, Yes, chat room. Flu shot saves people. It absolutely does. And and most people are like, I'm not taking that. It's got it's got the flu in it. I'm gonna get the flu from the flu. Sh-. No, you're not. 
Don't complain about it if you're not getting the flu shot. All right. So if you are planning to go to any conferences or conventions uh, any time in the near future, I mean, I would even look at August at this point. Um, be sure to know the cancellation policy. Communicate with those that are holding these events to be absolutely sure you're not going to lose money. I'm not trying to dissuade you from going to these events, uh, but I can tell you putting on one of these events myself a few years ago, there's a lot that goes on with this. And a lot of times people can't afford to not give refunds because they've sunk all their personal money into that. And they expect um, they expect to get money for this. And uh, unfortunately, things go wrong all the time. And, and now this... Uh, we know it's going wrong. Uh, so be very careful if you are planning to go. And again, I'm not trying to dissuade people from going to these events. I think they're very beneficial for people who are wanting to know more about these things. I, I think it, it is uh, very beneficial for people. So hopefully this stuff will start to slow down. I'm, I'm going to guess probably in maybe another month or so we can have a little bit more of a of a glimpse here at least in the united states about moving forward to where we need to go and uh, it sounds like china is starting to move in that direction and it took them you know, what two and a half months so we got a ways to go america buckle up stay at home if you can and stay six feet away from me would you please wash your hands i know you're wearing gloves but my goodness you're wearing gloves touching everything didn't touching your phone Touching your face. It's not doing you any good. And I won't even get into the whole mask argument. Do what you want to do, but um, I don't think it's helping a lot of people. Just saying. Anyway, let's move. Let's get away from the stuff. What do you say? We've had enough of that. We all live. We all live. We all read about all these stories. Let's move away from it. Let's get into some cryptid news. Uh, this is, I don't know. This is, this is almost worse. This is bad stuff. Bigfoot. What is Bigfoot doing now? Well, this is a scary story. A series of photographs of a purported Bigfoot peering into a house in Colorado. Have you seen these? It's all over Facebook. I don't know how you're missing it. Uh, these are making the rounds on Facebook. These pictures. I think there's like 14 or 15 pictures. Scary stuff. Uh, so Scott Yalman claims that... Uh, he took the photographs back in 2017 uh, while he and his wife were working in a mobile home on his newly purchased 11-acre property in Bailey, Colorado. Important information there. So Scott Yalman claims he took photographs in 2017 while he and his wife were working in a mobile home on his newly purchased 11-acre property in Bailey, Colorado. And uh, of all the pictures, eh, I'll throw one in there in the chat room there for you guys to see. If you haven't seen them, spooky stuff. Spooky, spooky stuff. So here's one of the pictures I'll throw in the chat room gently. And uh, there you can see it's looking in the window. There he is. It's Bigfoot. That's scary stuff. So yeah, Bailey, Colorado is actually a, a pretty popular place for Bigfoot sightings, and it's actually home to the Sasquatch Outpost Museum and gift shop. It's rated number one of 11 things to do in Bailey by TripAdvisor. So obviously there's not a whole lot to do there. Uh, anyway, the story goes that uh, Yaoman not only watched the creature for over 10 minutes as it peered through the window, but he was also able to take photographs and a video of the incident. About 10 minutes of video. Wow, here it is. Video proof of Bigfoot. Close up, peering in a window. This has got to be slam dunk. Well, sadly, the video was destroyed when the computer it was on was lost in a house fire. During the incident, uh, Yaman grabbed a 40 caliber 40 caliber rifle, um, but he didn't shoot the creature through the window since it really made no attempt to get in. It was just peering in. What's cooking? I guess. I was thinking. I don't know. Uh, his wife came into the room and saw the creature and, well, 
subsequently flipped out, for lack of a better term. Um, she eventually called the sheriff. Three deputies showed up, and Scott showed them the video. He says that uh, two of the sheriff's deputies uh, seemed impressed with what they saw, but the third said, nah, it's just a bear. Just a bear. Uh, Scott claims that he and his wife continued to see signs that Bigfoot is still lurking on the property, and a number of investigators have jumped on this story. I don't know if you've read about the story. It was on uh, Coast to Coast, their little website. It's been all over the place, uh, different places. And uh was kind of one of those that I was, eh, you know, in a better news week I might not even talk about. But suddenly some information came out about this. Yeah, there's some, there's some stuff on this. So, yeah, a number of investigators have jumped on this story. And one such investigator is the Squatch detective, Steve Coles. Uh, Coles is also a private detective. So he's an excellent researcher. Uh, and he's a darn good field researcher of uh, an investigator. I've had the chance to work with Steve out there in the wild. And um, he's a great guy. But he's a great uh, researcher, investigator. But that has no no bearing on this whatsoever. The work that he's done on this is the kind of work that we should be doing on these types of cases. So instead of running out to Colorado from New York uh, to search for Bigfoot and to question this guy and, and blog about it and write a book about it next month, uh, he, Coles is doing what he does best. And again, what a lot of us should be doing instead of just uh, going out there and looking for proof to back up the story. We should be researching the claim, whatever that means, researching the claim. If that means looking at the people involved, I mean, you can you can look at this picture and it's it's just it's scary. We could we can analyze that picture till the cows come home, but that's just a piece of data. The actual evidence is the claim, is what this person said they saw. That's the real claim here. So that's where we start. Who cares about the pictures? Are are great. And nice, and if we had the video, that would be even better. But that's only a piece of the whole entire puzzle. And in fact, with Steve Coles looking at this person, looking at the claim, starting at point A and working toward point Z, which would be the photographs, uh, it didn't take long for him to tear the story apart with simple facts. First, Scott Yalman. Uh, is actually Jonathan Scott Yalman lives in Golden, Colorado, and he didn't buy property in Bailey ever. Uh, so that's one problem. Oops. So how could he be there on his property if he doesn't have property there? But that's not all. Uh, sadly, Scott's wife actually passed away in 2012. That's five years before the purported incident. Uh, he's even acknowledged this on his Facebook page in the past. His wife was originally from Kokomo, Indiana, and she passed away in Colorado in December of 2012. Again, just shy of five years before this purported incident. Uh, this information is partially confirmed on his Facebook profile as well, but Steve Coles is a private investigator. He's got his ways of getting information. It turns out that Jonathan Scott Yaman has ties to Kokomo, Indiana as well. And his ties, well, they're not pretty. I'll be honest with you, not pretty at all. It uh, includes an arrest in 1992 for child molestation for which he served two and a half years. So this felony means that he is not legally allowed to own any firearms. So he said he got his 40 caliber out but didn't shoot. Well, you better not have a, a 40 caliber. You wouldn't be able to buy one in the state of Colorado. Uh, so another part of his story, no pun intended, blown away. I mean, if that sounds unbelievable, I mean, really all you have to do is look at the mugshot of this guy. And uh, his Facebook photos, compare the two, it's the same guy. It is. And I, I'm sure Steve has all that information to tie all this stuff together. I mean, really, 
that information alone is enough to debunk the sightings. In my my opinion, the photographs as well. I don't care about the pictures because the story behind it doesn't add up already. It, it doesn't make sense. You take the wife out, you take the shotgun out, you take the property out. Uh, that's that's a lot out. So Steve points out this is not an attack on Scott's character, but an evaluation of the person behind the claim, which is true. If the person isn't truthful about who they are, how can we believe anything else? I mean, there you go. And as Steve says on his post, he says, quote, a piece of evidence is only as good as the story behind it. Unquote. Drop the mic. And thank you, Steve Coles. Uh, but we've probably not heard the last of this. I'm sure we're going to hear, hear uh, a lot more people that are going out there and validating this and seeing Bigfoot running around the property. And I'm sure this guy is going to release more stuff unless this information uh, hits a little harder than it has so far. But uh, I don't know. Wonder what's what this guy's up to. Everybody wants their 15 minutes of fame, whether it's you know through this or something else. But uh, it seems like a lot of people are attracted to the Bigfoot thing because a lot of people believe this stuff without critical thinking or without really digging into the people behind the things. Uh, it's always a focus on analyzing pictures or analyzing video. It's not about analyzing the people, and it should be. You know, the story doesn't hold water, and unfortunately, you know, having to dig up things. Uh, personal like that about arrests and, and unfortunately the, the passing of his wife not things you really want to talk about but if you're going to bring him into it as Steve points out in his blog post I mean there it is I mean you brought him into it so the facts don't add up the story is, is, is junk as far as I'm concerned so that's your Bigfoot news hopefully we have better Bigfoot news someday but uh yeah, as of now, Bigfoot not looking good this year. 2020 is not quite Bigfoot's year. What about UFOs? UFOs are the hot topic this year, last year. It's, it's gaining momentum, right? So a lot of UFO sightings, but unfortunately, a lot of those are, let's see, what's the what's a good term? Garbage? I think that's a good term I could use. Uh, we've got another one here, though. It's gained the attention of NASA. And NASA's actually commented on a UFO sighting. That's big news. So NASA missions uh, seem to attract all sorts of people who analyze photographs looking for any sign of a UFO. Anything that uh, looks out of place, a shadow, something moving in, uh, in a video or something that's not supposed to – looks like it's not supposed to be there. It's a UFO. It's an alien, right? More often than not, what appears to be a UFO typically has a rational explanation – such as the, you know, no, it's not an alien taking a picture of a rover. It's just a rock. It's just a rock. Uh, sometimes the explanations are a little harder to explain. And sometimes the pictures look really convincing. I'll admit that. But uh, sometimes it's just really ridiculous how far some people reach just to sell a story to a, a British tabloid. Really it is. Uh, so NASA launched the Solar Terrestrial Relations Observatory. Sounds really serious, but uh, you can break that down to the acronym STEREO. Solar Terrestrial Relations Observatory. STEREO. There it is. Uh, back in 2006, uh, there was uh, twin space observatories set to study the sun as well as coronal mass ejections. Only one of the observatories is still functioning in space. Uh, and it took an odd photograph that got a lot of attention from UFO armchair hunters back on February 29th. Uh, in the image, both Venus and Earth are shown in somewhat of an embossed photograph. Kind of looks like you know one of those embossed pictures. Uh, but also in the photograph is a strange wheel-like object. Uh one of the headlines that I used uh, for one of my links described it as look like Deep Space Nine. And if you don't know what that is, I'm going to tell you it was uh, Star Trek 
television television series. And if I have to go any further, I don't know. I'm not going to explain any more of that reference. But uh, yeah, Deep Space Nine, kind of, kind of, sort of. Uh, well, of course, this wheel-like object in the photograph sent many YouTubers a YouTubing, and bloggers a blogging, of course. Uh, stating that uh, this is absolutely undeniable proof of UFOs flying around our solar system. And if you've not seen that picture, well, I got—I think I got a picture here. Pretty sure I got a picture here. Uh, yeah, it's a weird-looking embossed type thing, and they've strung a bunch of pictures together to create a video of this as well, so you can see how they're trying to uh, explain this and it makes perfect sense and well it does make perfect sense so um scott brando of ufo of interest who has uh, mentioned this guy a lot here on the show um a lot of great work from uh Scott Brando in UFO of Interest. He pointed out days after the image began to circulate that this is probably more than likely an internal reflection. Uh, it's not really a good picture of that reflected light artifact. It's more like a wheel, but it doesn't really, it's kind of hard to see. It's kind of small in that picture, but um, it took until March 20th. Stereo released information about the reflection since it was getting a lot of attention. A lot of people were writing in. It was all over the media. Uh, it also released short movies of the images demonstrating that uh, as the bright light of Venus moved in from the left of the video, uh, you saw the corresponding image of the circular shape moving in from the right, keeping in step with Venus, uh, which validated this claim. It was not a gigantic UFO flying through the solar system, but was in fact a reflection inside the telescope's optic due to the bright light of Venus. And again, we've seen this before. It's not the first time this has happened. Probably won't be the last. I know I've talked about this uh, quite a few times here on the show um, about reflections in telescopes causing strange anomalies. And if that was really a UFO, that would be ginormous. I mean, we might even see it here from Earth. Be more than one telescope being able to see that thing in space. So, yeah, I'm going to go with that's that's not it's not a UFO. Anyway, um, ghost news. So while some of us continue to uh, get out there um, to uh, out in the you know, I promised I wouldn't talk about it, but we'll talk about COVID-19, COVID-19, I should say, uh, pandemic. Many of us are out there on the front lines daily helping provide critical services to the public, like gas stations, I guess. Well, that's critical, I suppose. Um, many of you guys are stuck at home. Sometimes I wish I was. I really do. Um, I, could, I could sit in here all day. I could sit in here all week. I could sit in here for a month. Just research alone. And even if the power goes out, the internet crashes, I got about 15 books that I need to read that I haven't had time. I really need that time. It'd be great. Anyway, uh, hopefully the stay-at-home time for a, a lot of you guys won't be three months or 18 months or however long some people are talking about it. But just in case, the uh, ghost field is a very nice option to keep you busy if you're interested. Uh, the Coastler Parapsychology Unit, based in the University of Edinburgh in Scotland, has announced an upcoming 11-week course on parapsychology led by Professor Carolyn Watt. The course will also feature work from other parapsychologists as well as skeptics, including Professor James Alcock, Professor Stephen Broad, Professor Chris French, Dr. Dean Radin, Professor Jessica Utz, and Professor Richard Wiseman. Uh, so yeah, this is parapsychology, not ghost hunting. And uh, if you've heard the term parapsychology as a ghost hunter, might not be what you're thinking. Um, yeah, I hear, I hear it used wrong a lot. And a lot of people are running around claiming, I'm a parapsychologist, I got this. Uh, I'm certified. I got this on a website. Well, okay. You can call yourself whatever you want, but that's not really how it works but 
Uh, anyway, according to the announcement, quote, the course will teach you about the methods parapsychologists use, the results of ESP and PK research, the psychology of paranormal beliefs and experiences, and how to think critically about the paranormal. The course will not teach you how to be psychic, read minds, be a ghost hunter, or communicate with the deceased. I think a lot of people just left. Uh, topics include history of parapsychology, spontaneous paranormal experiences, testing ESP and PK in the lab, theories in parapsychology, belief in the paranormal, testing psychic claimants, and implications of parapsychology, unquote. Uh, the 11-week course begins April 6th and runs through June 19th and is open to anyone, regardless of geographical location, even though this, again, takes place in the United Kingdom. Uh, each week, the course provides up to four hours of materials and activities, including core readings and summaries, interviews with leading researchers, online discussions, and self-assessment quizzes. This introduction to parapsychology course does not involve any formal assessment or qualification, although you will get a certification of completion. Again, that doesn't mean you're a parapsychologist at the end of this. It just means you're better armed, more educated about the topic. Uh, anyone who deals with client-based cases in the ghost field, uh, I think you really should think about taking this uh, in addition to you know, learning about parapsychology in general. Uh, the course cost 300 pounds. That's a lot of weight. Oh, no, British pounds, which is about 350 U.S. dollars. I know that sounds like a lot of money, but an education uh, is priceless. So I didn't get paid to say that. Uh, it does not include the textbook Introduction to Parapsychology 5th uh, Edition. Uh, the course is half price if you're a student member of the Parapsychology Association. You can get the book on Amazon for 38 bucks or about $25 used here in the United States. I've got an older edition. I don't remember what edition it is. I got it like for 10 bucks, I think, from a used bookstore. They're out there. You just got to look. Uh, the book itself is an excellent resource. Uh, really did help me change the way I looked at ghosts. Uh, helped get me into more of uh, laboratory settings and uh, looking at research in, in that methodology versus just running around uh, asking uh, tombstones questions. And also other areas of ghost research, related phenomena, not just ghosts, but other things dealing with psychic phenomena. But I tell you, learning from the experts in the field, and the, yes, I can use that term, these people are experts because they are um, involved not just in the knowledge of all this, but actual field research, uh, more, I should say, more laboratory research than anything. Uh, so it's worth that extra expense. And yeah, parapsychology is a dying breed. Uh, people are more in, in love with the instant results of being scared in the dark. Um, but science takes work. It's not, it doesn't come to you easily. It doesn't just happen on a Friday night at 2 a.m., uh, it takes work. You collect the, you set up a test, you collect the information, uh, and you disseminate it. It takes time and effort, and you really have to build it correctly. It, it's sometimes it's a letdown. What you think is going to happen doesn't happen, but that's the beauty of science. Uh, yeah, I see uh, Lloyd Hour back. Uh, great resource as well. Um, guy who helped me out a lot over the years, the last twenty some odd years. Been talking to him off and on. A uh, great resource, uh, but uh, the Coastal Parapsychology Unit, right in the middle of development of anything that's going on in parapsychology. That's really the only area that's really getting true parapsychologists out into the field again. It's not happening out in California anymore. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's worth it. 350 bucks plus uh, a book. I mean, it's pretty cheap. You want to get a degree in parapsychology, it's going to cost you a lot more than that. And you're going to have to go overseas to uh, to get it if you're in the U.S. But anyway, um, you can check out, well, I'm sure the PA has a, a link to it, but uh, coastlerunit.wordpress.com uh, has a, a link to it as well. But uh, fear not, 
you are interested in that, I will be putting out the link to that uh, through my social media outlets, Facebook and Twitter uh, during the week, next couple of days. Keep your eyes peeled if you're interested in that. I'll have that out before April 6th. Uh, but if that sounds like too much work for you, uh, I want to remind you, and you know, if it's not something you're interested in, it's too too much work all around, uh, not just the books and the and the learning, but the concept of psychic stuff and on top of ghosts. So it's a lot. I get it for some people, and it's okay. In that case, I want to let you know that uh, I'll leave you a note to remind you that season two of Ghost Hunters is coming up on Wednesday, April eighth, and A and E is going to have a special two part. Uh, two-part show called Terror Town. It's on the uh, the town of Clifton, Arizona. And being in the media, and I'm sure a lot of other people got this too that that uh, aren't in the media, but being in the media, I, I get kind of behind the scenes on some of these things. I've seen a lot of TV shows that some of them didn't even make it to TV. Thank goodness. But uh, got to uh, got to watch both episodes of this already uh, of Terror Town. And, yeah, um, hmm, I'm not impressed. Let me just put it to you that way. So the entire town of Clifton, Arizona, is living in fear. The whole town is haunted. You, you, I think you've probably seen, you might have seen this uh, on previews. I think they're showing previews for this already, uh, of this episode, of this thing. This is supposed to be the all-time, the greatest Evidence ever found of ghosts. Um, yeah, well, I'll, I'll let you decide that. But uh, So this whole town shows up, and they do kind of like this searching for Bigfoot-like town hall meeting. And then that's it. Like They went into light top mode. They took all the stuff that they said. They kept reflecting back on it. They were running around it in the dark uh, trying to do things. And uh, Did they look for logical explanations? In the beginning, did they talk about CO2 poisoning? Did they look at unleveled doors? Uh, no. They just jumped right in. I, I don't know. I, I was just really yelling at my computer the entire time watching this. It was not uh, not the best stuff I've seen. Season one, at least they made some attempts uh, to debunk a little bit of stuff or to work through it, I should say. Debunk is kind of a weird word, but if you're going to make a claim, you got to make the effort to look at it from all angles. And this came up a few times in these episodes, the 80-some-odd minutes of these two shows. Um, um, yeah, it's the biggest thing. They spend a lot of time, and this isn't just these two episodes. This is the entire show going back however many years it was on TV from 2004 to, to whenever, and all the other TV shows on ghosts. Everyone spends so much time asking questions out loud to purported ghosts. Uh, many of which seem to fit the definition of a haunting. So hauntings, as all ghost investigators, ghost hunters know, are residual. They're not going to answer you back. They're an imprint of energy. They don't talk back to you. So why are we asking questions? It's just one of my things I like to point out. Um, not only that, but they ask questions over and over. And I see this. There was at least I, I, I lost track. I, I've stopped counting about 10 times into these two episodes um they'll ask questions over and over again using a piece of tool or technology it's always the same things always the same mmo um and then all of a sudden something comes through uh there's the thing does something or they hear a noise oh it had to be the ghost because we asked the question i mean yeah because you kept asking the question over and over of course something is eventually going to happen it's called coincidence uh, no baselines of any sort. I didn't see anything run on any equipment. I'm sure they do a lot of stuff behind the scenes, but from what we're seeing, nothing. Uh, even when they did try to problem solve things, they were really, really careful not to do too much work to find any kind of solution. Uh, and again, it's it's really odd that the entire investigation is just tools fooling the investigators. It's it's like anything else. Uh, it's I've seen it myself working out there in the field over the years with other groups and going to these, some of these hunts and things. And it's the same thing. People getting, they're jumping at illogical conclusions, letting the tools fool them. I mean, I get the whole, let's cut the power off to eliminate false positive EMF, but investigating the dark 
creates a lot of issues, and it created a lot of issues in these episodes as well. Um, one of the investigators uh, falls, and it was obvious to me that the person just slipped. I mean, it's what happens when you can't see what you're doing. You're you're running around in the dark. You're worrying about everything that's happening. She slipped. It, it's just it happens. But the other investigator talked her into thinking that she got pushed. And it had to be a ghost because other investigators said that supposed bad messages came up on, on another EVP session in the same area. So there's a lot of talking themselves into some of these situations. And again, it's another reason not to investigate in the dark and another reason not to share information during an investigation. Preconceived notions. I learned that um, 20 some odd years ago when I first started. Don't, don't tell everybody everything about, about the case. You're, you're seeding these things to happen. But again, these, uh, these really seem to drive shows. You have to have preconceived notions. You have to reflect back on what people say to, to really drive the point of the show, which is ironic because the end goal here of these TV shows is to sell cars. Commercials, basically. But uh, I could go on and on and on and on about this. Um, but uh, I don't want to completely dismantle these episodes. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's there is a lot of scary fun. Uh, it's it's a good show, but it it irritates me because this is teaching people how to do this, and people take this stuff as as real, and this is how it's done. Uh, but I think it's people do this because they don't know any other way other than to use these tools and to ask questions and and jump up and down when they get something that registers on it. But that's not how it's done. It's just silliness. Um, but again, don't take my word for it. Watch it yourself. Uh, again, that's April 8th. Both episodes will debut at 8 p.m. local time on A&E. But again, check your local listings, as they say, and enjoy the show. I'm just not, I won't get into it. I didn't watch these in the last season either, but uh, I watched a couple episodes, uh, especially the, uh, the pressers. But uh, yeah, well, if you're really bored, if you got no money to spend, and you're really feeling lazy, and you don't even you can't wait till April eighth, well, you can still look for UFOs, Bigfoot, and uh, other paranormal things out there from the comfort of your own chair. I mean, it seems like a lot of that's being done already. Uh, Paul Seaburn of Mysterious Universe published a blog last week titled "Stuck at Home." Use these webcams to hunt for UFOs, Bigfoot, ghosts, and monsters. So as you might have guessed, the blog is full of links to hunt down various types of paranormal activity from the comfort of your own home. Uh, first on the list is the Loch Ness Monster, of course. And you might find it hard to believe that one silly webcam across the entire huge Loch Ness is enough to find Nessie. But it's happened. A number of times. Uh, Ian O'Fadigan, which we've talked about here a number of times on the show, he actually made the first entry in the official Loch Ness Monster registry earlier this year. And he's had three last year, and I'm sure a bunch more, all from the sightings from this very webcam. Granted, they were all highly questionable, yet they're still all official sightings. Uh, then there's the most uh, talked about volcano in the UFO world. Mexico's Popocatepetl, Cocotepetl, Cocotepetl. Um, well, we'll just call it Popo. Yeah, Popocatepetl. It's always hard to say, Popocatepetl. Uh, but uh, the volcano is 43 miles southeast of Mexico City, is easily visible on clear days from this ginormous city, packed. It's uh, packed full of people. Uh, so, Popo Capetal. I never had a problem saying it to him on the air, but uh, anyway. Catapetal. Popo Catapetal. Yeah, I think that's how I used to say it. Catapetal, because it caught a pedal. That's how I taught myself before. Catapetal. Popo Catapetal. And he dropped it in the volcano. Uh, it's got a number of cameras and webcams trained on it all the time. And so this is probably one of the most photographed volcanoes, I don't want to say in the world, but at least Mexico, uh, because you can photograph it 
from Mexico City in various vantage points. But there's a problem with that. So a number of UFO stories pop up from Popo, uh, although a lot are birds, drones, uh, a lot of them are aircraft because they do get in between the cameras and the volcano in the 40-mile area between them. It does happen quite a bit, and people jump to conclusions. There's probably a story once every three, four months on, on Popo about this. Popo Cotapetal. Uh, well, we just had St. Patrick's Day, but you can search for leprechauns. And no, not in your cereal. Uh, Irish fairies as well by viewing a camera on the Leprechaun Watch website. Yes, there is such a thing. The camera is hidden in a field somewhere, not going to tell you where, in Tipperary, Ireland. And not only might you see a random leprechaun, you got to watch which way it goes. Look for his pot of gold. But you also might see a puka or banshee as well. So keep your eyes peeled. And obviously, there's a lot of ghost webcams you can watch. Uh, one is the Gettysburg National Military Park Live View, which is uh, Gettysburg, obviously, a place that's cracked down on ghost hunting activities in the area. Uh, it was just horrible years ago. It was just so many people out there. It was just horrible. Um, but at least you can sneak in the park the legal way. Uh, there are also three webcams that Orsall Ors, Hall. I think that's right. Yeah, Orsall Hall. Uh, Greater Manchester, United Kingdom, which is uh, thought to be built around 1177. That's pretty big. Uh, you might find one of those ladies in white. I think they're everywhere, aren't they? Ladies in white, ladies in blue. Never hear about a lady in pink or anything. It's kind of weird. Anyway, um, keep your eyes out. Another spot that has three webcams is the infamous Willard Library in Evansville, Indiana. And uh, there you can see the gray lady. Yeah, the lady in gray. Maybe she's just wearing white and it's dirty. I don't know. Um, yeah, and there's also... Uh, a link there to Yellowstone National Park uh, webcam site. So Old Faithful, oh yeah, long story here. So Old Faithful was the site of a very public Bigfoot sighting back in 2015. I remember this like it was yesterday. There were four dark figures that were walking in the back of a scene. Uh, there was a bunch of snow there, and there was some bison eating through the snow, uh, eating some grass. And uh, people saw these four people, and they were people, um, everybody flipped out. These are Bigfoot. Well, the camera's mounted on top of a lodge near Old Faithful, and the area is full of people nearly year-round. The lodge was actually booked that week, and they were. You watched the uh, the webcam. You could see people walking right around that same area. So, gonna go with those were people. Uh, but anyway, the uh, link to Yellowstone webcam also contains an assortment of U.S. National Park webcams all over the place. Uh, so you can uh, enjoy looking around uh, at uh, nice places if you're stuck at home. You can look at mountaintops and you can look at uh, mountaintops and woods. Not a whole lot of greenery yet here in the U.S., but uh, Tower of London. I know there's a uh, I know there's a Tower of London cam. He didn't mention it. Paul Seaburn didn't mention that. And I know there's also a Paris Catacombs camera. I'm, I'm terrified to watch that one. Just if you read about the Paris Catacombs, you, you wouldn't want to watch that cam. It's just it's a little scary. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I remember years ago there was a, a hospital and cams that got me famous for a minute because I was was appearing there, and people were flipping out. I know that guy. He's there. Uh, anyway. Stay safe, wash your hands, keep your distance. Kind of strange. It's so weird that we, most of us are adults and we're all learning how to wash our hands. I don't know. Um, scary stuff. But anyway, at least we're getting some paranormal news through all this stuff. And, and hopefully, um, Hopefully all this stuff kind of calms down a little bit between now and next week. I, I seriously doubt it, but I hope that uh, at least you guys out there and gals out there are safe and you'll be here 
next week. And I sure hope I'll be here next week. My goodness, you never know at this point. But for now, keep your eyes in, in the skies, your ears in the woods. Keep them open. Keep the hair standing on the back of your neck. Look out behind you. I think somebody's coming in. Always, always keep your mind tightly ajar. Don't let your brains fall out. And above all else, don't stop believing. For the Paranormal News Insider, this is Dr. Brian D. Parsons reporting.